On this episode of The Playbook, I have the chief heart officer of VaynerMedia. That's right, Gary Vaynerchuk's own Claude Silver. She's going to talk about turning all of your employees into heroes and the generational differences in the workforce today. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. All right, this is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs the Playbook. I am so excited. I'm Claude Silver, the chief heart officer of one of my favorite places, VaynerMedia. Yeah. And uh, it's when I walk in here, the goal of my business, and I love it, is people walk in and I love the energy in this place. And this is one of the few places of all the thousands of offices I get to visit that. I walk in and I'm like, oh, I love the other. You're at the front door welcoming. AJ comes around. What is the secret sauce to creating an energy or a frequency to a workplace? Yeah, friendliness, authenticity, kindness. And you know, kindness and authenticity. I mean, sorry, kindness uh, and friendliness. But the authenticity side, I think, really is difficult because people confuse what that really means. Yeah. And I think it's almost a faith-based thing to be authentic, meaning and I don't mean religious sense of faith, but voting for who you are. Yeah, never heard of that. So you know where it comes from is Gary is what you see is what you get. AJ is what you see is what you get. I am what you see is what you get. And I thus think it relaxes everyone to just be who they are. And you know, Brene Brown has this incredible quote that I use all the time, which is true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are, it just requires you to be who you are. I'm like, that's, that's it. That's what we're putting through the system here. And yet, in a corporate environment, you know, there's all these different rules, regulations, there's anxieties that exist uh, because it's people's livelihoods and yeah. careers. And yet, we have to balance the authenticity with the rules and regulations. And as a chief heart officer, you sometimes probably have to deal with activity that may not be the most positive because there's rules. Well, there's rules because people are people. I'm like, I'm dealing with people issues all day long. And that's, that's kind of the name of the game. So there are guide, I think there's guardrails and guidelines here. I don't even think of them as rules yeah. anymore. Because you, you take old school HR and what would they, they're in the back closet and they're just doing compliance and they're reactive all day and they're on the defense. And our ethos is to be on the offense and to be yes first, trust first, rather than nat nat you're Employee, you're bad. You're wrong. Prove it to me. Right. And we're just opposite. And money. Yeah. Is a, is another energy that exists that uh, a lot of people have in a business atmosphere. Scarce energy. Yeah. And one of the things that I know comes down from Gary and you is this idea of abundance. Yeah. You know, one and one of the funniest things when I met Gary because he was started the sports agency, which was something that I could help with. Mm -hmm. And I, at that time, never even thought about asking him for help. So he was like, I gotta, Dave, I gotta help you do something. I, I, I keep score and he wants to be ahead on giving. Yeah. And I'm like, I really totally. like this guy. He totally does. <laughs> I've never asked a competition of who can do the most for someone. Yeah, I love that. So I decided, you know, and I'd let him help me uh, build the middle-aged brand of somebody on Instagram, which I thought was impossible. Um, moving forward, you know, you took the title Chief Heart Officer and it's kind of straight away from the HR yeah. type of thing. Why was that? Well, two reasons. I mean, one, I was never in HR. 
I was a strategist for years and years. I started my own surfing company in San Francisco. Like, I just, that would be so inauthentic and out of my integrity to be like, I'm the head of something I've never been the head of. Um, but the, the real deal is that it's coy, but like human beings are the central operating system of an agency, of a company, and heart is the central operating system of a human being. So for me, it was like heart, we're, we're heart human, it's the same exact thing. And I actually don't even know what human resources means. And that's not a, like a cut on HR, but it needs a rebranding anyway. So the idea of you know pulsing more heart, love, EQ, whatever it is, into the water here rather than compliance and that connotation of an archaic brand such as HR would just be out of alignment with who we are. One of the things that I see, whether it's the financial institutions that we deal with, the governmental institutions, our financial institutions, and even our educational institutions, mm-hmm. which Gary actually comments on a lot. Quite a bit, yeah. Right? And internally here, it's really interesting because like the HR institution itself, the technology that we have, and I believe the frequency and vibration that we're at now is so far accelerated past where these traditional institutions were. Yep. And I think as the chief heart officer, one of the greatest challenges that you probably face is that you still have to deal, for example, with the financial institutions and the judicial institutions, yeah. the healthcare system. Yeah. That, and, and that is part of your role yeah. here because that's part of the responsibilities I assume you still have. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile, you know, because I think in business it's really, for the playbook, a challenge that most entrepreneurs, how do I reconcile this traditional way of life with this accelerated technology and growth and expansion and views because sometimes they're a complete conflict. Right, so people ask me all the time, well, what's the ROI on kindness? What's the ROI on being a chief heart officer? And the number one ROI is retention, 88% retention because it, it takes three times as much money to rehire or to hire that person who's unhappy or when engagement is low. So 88% retention is how I'm contributing to the bottom line. And then those people that are retained are bringing in people word of mouth. So I'm not paying anyone to go find those people. So that's how oh, I... they're just attracted and want to They're attracted, right? that's yeah. That's I love mean, about our businesses. Yeah. We get people that are like, I'll do anything to Oh my gosh, we get that hand over fist and we're so, so incredibly grateful. So that's how I, that's how I, I put those two things together, which is, which is a real business case. When I talk to Alan, our CFO, who's obviously very much like right brain minded and, you know, I have so much empathy because he deals with me and Gary over here. <laughs> it's like, hey, we are contributing because you're not paying for more uh, services to go recruit, so forth and so on. One that's of the, one of the ways to marry it. Yeah. And one of the ways in that creativity that you have, I went and I was speaking at a university and the head pers- uh, professor, PhD, mm-hmm. told me, oh, I interned for Gary. <laughs> For a month. <laughs> so the intern side yeah. of thing, the mentorship side of yeah. thing, obviously the content itself is mentorship. Yes. But totally. there's a lot of integral internships that go on, not just Gary, you know, shadow Gary for a day or a month. Yeah. I mean, there's the next level down from the management and directors. They take on the responsibility of accelerating other people's career, yeah. elevating others to elevate themselves, which gives yeah. you a whole nother dimension to what's going on. Yeah, so the thing, I, so A, that scales me, by the way. That scales Gary and that scales me, which is like what we need in a <laughs> company of almost a thousand people. Yeah. And the, the other thing is I'm saying constantly is 
as leaders, we're guides, we're just, we're Sherpas. And my job, your job, your job is to turn all of them into the heroes. It is not about me being a hero or me, blah, 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 blah. I work for them. Gary works for them. And so the more I can get that into the water of all those managers and those mentors, it's like, we're, we're just, we're turning each other into champions. And so and then you have a real all-star team, which is like in, it's, it's true blue. You can't fake that. And you said something earlier that, you know, I live by and it's hard to articulate. I see the word kindness probably 16 times in this office and it's not that big. Most expensive real estate, it can't be that big in New York City. No, but I, I try to tell people to always say, you know, what's the most important lesson that you've learned, Avery, you could teach me. And I'm like, be kind, be kind, not right. Yeah. Be kind to your future self. You know, kind, all these different great things. But I'm also a really, like Gary, pragmatic, money-making machine. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know very many people, and I'm not going to talk about myself, but like Gary, that really is a kind, humble, mm-hmm. candid person. And he would choose kindness over anything, but yet money flows to yeah. this company and to him. And I wish more people could figure out how do I really put faith in just being kind? Do you have any advice on where you can make that leap? Because I think people are just too afraid to be nice and kind that they're going to somehow be cheated. Right, because people have that guard up and they've got that armor up. And so to be vulnerable like that and let down your guard and be nice to your fellow human being just seems like an oxymoron, right? Like, why would I do that? You're going to stab me in the back. It's like when we have to remember these simple rituals. It's like we shake hands how many times a day? 20, yeah. 25 this is a ritual that we're doing constantly, which is that that little ritual is saying right here, right now, we're safe. I got you. You got me. We're or we can just together. pick up Justin. Or we pick up the ball. <laughs> the thing about kindness, though, is it, it stems from self-awareness. So understanding why I might feel scarcity today or why I might feel like your energy is not quite mine. So I'm going to cover myself up rather than being open and then maybe helping to guide you to like, Hey, you're coming on really strong or whatever. So that self-awareness is uh, self-awareness is the gateway to empathy, kindness, compassion, uh, respect, gratitude. But in order to, in order to do, you have to do the work. And, and by the way, it's not hard to be kind. The thing is, David is, is think about we're kind to our family. We're kind to the people on our soccer team. We're kind to the waitresses. We're kind to this and that. So why aren't we kind in here? Like what, what's this? Why don't we just flip that switch? And so bringing heart and humanity into the workplaces is the only thing I care about. It's so interesting because I think it works both ways too, that some people are the opposite. You know, I remember my wife when I was in my thirties and delving deep into the corporate money-making machine and person that I was, my identity was tied every year mm-hmm. to how much money I was making. But I would leave dinner one time and my wife, she shook my whole world because I'd left the table to go talk to a client or a mm-hmm. customer and I came back and she goes, you ever notice, she goes, why is it that you pay more attention and you're nicer to somebody you hardly even know yeah. than you are to me? I was like, oh. And I think the same thing applies when you come to work is you know sometimes it's either competitive yeah uh and and they have an interference between what truly connects us technology is supposed to connect us and this is a technology company yeah you know most companies are yeah. but yeah. VaynerMedia is a technology it's a content electronic mm-hmm. company and we use these phones but i feel and we both deal with a lot of millennials 
that we're actually more disconnected and all the statistics that I see about happiness and depression and anxiety. I did a suicide for children's event last nice. night called AIR. Nice. Um, the numbers are, they're staggering. doubling. They're staggering. In years, they're like the people commit, I didn't even know this existed, but there's a large number of growing kids who kill themselves under 12, let alone these millennials, let alone under 50. Yeah. And so part of being a chief heart operate, uh, officer, or even for me, my responsibility as a CEO and my mission in life is to impact people to be happy. Nice. And I think, you know, I walk around here and that's, if I would ask you, not knowing you that well, like I do the other people here, you know, what is your mission here at, yeah. at the company? It is to make this a place of belonging and bravery. Bravery. And, yep. Belonging and bravery. And what, what, what are people brave about? Themselves. Yeah, to be themselves. Yeah, their aches, their pains. Life for, for each and every person is starting at that when that alarm clock wakes up. It doesn't start when they walk through the door. So what the heck's going on? Death in the family, dog is sick, uh, I got engaged. So, you know, we want to we embrace their whole self. And so I want to create a place of belonging where people feel psychologically and physically safe to connect, to even just walk through that door. Gay, straight, black, white, yeah. doesn't matter. Seen, unseen, physically seen. emotional and physical. And that yeah. means my physical, I need enough room. I need, don't be on me, right? And then the bravery is to show up as they are. And that's what I love about this place. You know, we've got people here who are gender fluid. It's freaking great. Yeah. You know, awesome. we've, we've got people here with unseen handicaps that I know of because I sit in this chair and then seen handicaps. And I'm real. I'm so proud of that. That is awesome. You know, we've got, I mean, we're in a, we're the work world now is, is all about multi-generations. So we're teaching relationship skills here. You've got Gen X, you've got, you've got boomers, you've got millennials, and you've got, you know, the 19 year olds, Gen Z. So that's yeah. four different. And it's, it's my job to teach them how to relate in a way to each and every generation and, and all of us. We just, we need to be more empathetic. And you know, looking at from the boomers down to the Gen Z, right? Yeah. What do you think, if you could take me through the difference that you see, the separation, not, because right, I'm into, that's why I don't like dogmatic religion, I believe yeah. in oneness. Yeah. But I do, mm-hmm. being in your position a lot, see these differences that if I could get more clarity from someone that has such enlightenment of you, what those differences that you see generationally that cause the separation. So take me from the oldest, these boomers that are out there. So I'm not a boomer, I'm I'm an Xer, but what I know about boomers is you you came out of the people that had been in wars and depression and so forth and so on. There was scarcity and it was literally like dad went to work, mom stayed home, so forth and so on. You get a Gen, Gen Z or millennial who is entitled because they have had, most in the Western world, the greatest riches of all times. They have had access to any kind of information yeah. right here. They've had access to things that even a Gen Xer hasn't. So I think the, the, the push and pull or the tug of war of entitlement has been, is really difficult to kind of grab, grasp your head around. Helicopter parenting, it's a whole nother thing. What the or heck bulldozer. is that? Or bulldozer. Yeah, bulldozer. Yeah. You know, like, so you've got the boomer or the Gen Xer and we're like, gosh, we like, we kind of grinded and we didn't talk about it. And by the way, no one asked us if we wanted to grow and learn 
and no one asks us about our feelings. And now you've got this great generation, the millennials and the X and the Zs who are so vocal about their feelings, their wants, their needs, their desires. How are you going to get me there? When are you going to get me there? Give me feedback, make me proud. And the thing is, is like, David, I'm sure you felt, I'm sure you, if someone would have asked you, you'd been like, huh, let me tell you how I'm feeling today. No one asked. So you just went, no one asked. So what ended up happening to a person like me is because no one was asking, I started to ask people just, that's my DNA, which is how I end up in this chair, you know? So that's why I can then teach those people to take a time out, be kind, give a high five, ask someone, eat lunch with someone, you know, turn that other person into a winner, you know? And very few people do create a culture based on values. And that's really what you've done here, right? I built my company on gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, and always ask yeah. two questions. Like I learned here, must've been asked three times. What can I do for you? Anything okay. I can do for you? How can I be of service? How can I provide value? But the other ask is really difficult. And I think it's harder for the younger generations and that's asking for help, mm-hmm. you know, and it really is equally important to be of service as it is to have the humility to ask yeah. for help. And simply, do you know anyone that can help me as a question? I love to train. I love that question. And I get that in here. And I think that's also and how do you I, encourage people to ask. Well, it's, it's an open dialogue. So of course it's like anything I can do for you, so forth and so on. Sometimes I'm like, if I had a magic wand, what would you want me to do here? You know, we're coming out of review cycle right now. So people are coming in and they're like, I had a really bad review or I didn't get the increase I wanted. We go through it and I'm like, okay, so what do you think this says? It says I'm a poor communicator. Okay. What does that mean? What is, give me your communication style. And so that is one way for them to come in to help me. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I told you so. You can't even tell me how you can't communicate. Know, what are we gonna do in here? But that's the cool thing, is like it's a it's a mosaic out there. Everyone's yeah. got their own little shape and size, and somehow it fits together in this motley crew called Vayner Media and and it's it's cool. It's it La- works. Last question. Time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such an <laughs> interesting thing. A lot of people don't talk about it, but because things happen so quickly. Yeah. that we expect things to happen faster. Yeah. And it's very hard to allow the pieces to come together. One of the greatest challenges I have, I call it fo- getting people to focus on acceleration and growth instead of the end. Mm. You know, I mean, you yeah. and I are old enough, but yeah. some of the stuff we get to do during the day, like that used to take me for just travel. Yeah. You know, go to Amsterdam and remember what it was like to go to Amsterdam with no phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the walking maps themselves. Yeah. But um, how can we help people understand that everything does come in the right time in the yeah. perfect way and it it's not the the end it's the journey yes yeah, the journey not the destination exactly it's a marathon not a race i think the first way is you talking more me talking more and sharing about the times in which we failed getting real real about times in which we thought we would get there you know i might have thought i was going to be the president of the united states hasn't happened still might happen but hasn't happened yet. I hope so, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> you got my vote. Yeah, I will donate. I, I will it. be your campaign manager. <laughs> Not a doubt. <laughs> I love it. So I think for us geezers to share more of our story. And then also I talk a lot about energy management rather than time management. Love that. Energy management, paying attention to how you feel, what's up, what do you feel when, you know, setting your clock for two hours, you're going to just grind. Then you get up, you go on Instagram, you do whatever you want because we do expect things to be so immediate now because of this. Yeah. 
and, and drive-throughs. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and this is fictitious. Yeah, in so illusion. many ways. Yeah, yeah, it is. So this is what's real. And so when you and I can sit down and break it down to someone and be like, yeah, you know, it didn't. I, this didn't happen overnight. Like my 20s were a freaking disaster. Let me tell you about those. <laughs> yeah. My 30s were. And your 30s were. I was were. too focused in my yeah. 20s to get into trouble. Right. I think you and I had the same journey yeah. just 10, 10 years apart. <laughs> Good thing we weren't yeah. friends. Let's just yeah, put I it know. that way. I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think really um, sharing and sharing what the journey is like. Because you haven't reached a destination yet. I haven't reached a destination. And I hope to God... It's in a hundred. It's in a hundred years. Yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's a reason why this is one of the best places on earth to yeah. work, and Thank one you. of my favorite places to visit. Thank you. It's been such a joy. I think you know, reiterating the lesson that Lee Steinberg taught me is reiterated here: is the best thing you can do is be kind. Be kind to your future self. Better to be kind than right. But most of all, think kindness first. Find the light in it. You know, it's. The adage, my friend over here at the charitable event was honored yesterday in air for mm-hmm. the suicide of mm-hmm. children, but they talked about the, the old ancient adage of two wolves inside of you, positivity and negativity. And the little boy asks his grandpa, well, which wolf inside of you wins? He says, whichever one you feed, mm. right? <laughs> you guys feed yeah. the right wolf. Yeah, So I have Claude Silver, I'm getting choked up. Um, this is Dave Meltzer, <laughs> feeding the right yeah. wolf here at VaynerMedia, Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.